Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Just like Firehouse said, John, when I look into your eyes, I see a ray of light. Welcome, people, to a rare face-to-face recording of The People's Pitch. I am here, as always, with my co-host, John Bisworm. This is the one and only podcast for your Minneapolis City SC. John we're flying today, man. We We've got are. World Cup soccer on TV. We We're basking in the glow of six points over the last week. Uh, just two dudes drinking, doing a podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Wrong with that. Yeah, we got a lot to get into this week. We've got a recap of that makeup match against the Twin Stars. And then Sioux Falls really felt the heat this Saturday uh, up in Osseo. We're going to go goal by goal in that recap. and we said... Uh... Was succumbed to the humidity. That's true. It was it was more the humidity, yeah. less the heat. <laughs> we'll take a look at the NPSL North table, and we're going to crunch some numbers, uh, and we're going to allow ourselves to start thinking about playoffs here. I think, and we will get you, the fans, ready for yet another jam-packed week of soccer. We're going to hit return fixtures against Twin Stars right away and Lacrosse, and finally those U23s were in action, John. He's going to give us an update on the next generation of crows. Get ready. We're going to baby bird some soccer straight down your gullets. It is the People's Pitch Podcast. So, much anticipated, much talked about game. Do I need to, like, every yeah, time we talk, no, we just me. That no, that, one you, that was me getting started. I'm not, I'm not holding the talking stick. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> the much maligned Twin Stars... Uh, match came to fruition and it is it is uh here and gone where last year this could have been a game where emotions got the best of our team this year discipline prevailed and we pulled out another victory for this season starting lineup in north minneapolis brooklyn center wherever the hell we were very familiar yeah uh so matt elder in goal we had a back line of ao trey max and charlie we had steve and max as the holding midfielders and martin as the number 10 and our attackers were Will and Whitney on the wings and Tim Wills. A bench we traveled with James, Josh De La Rosa, Siku, Mark, Mark Haight, uh, AJ, Aiden O'Driscoll, and Nick Hines. Interesting to note, John, we anticipated that uh, we would see the best of Twin Stars sure. to start this game. Sure. But not, neither Sean Teske nor Kareem Darbaki started. I assumed that Twin Stars rolled out kind of a secondary lineup due to having just played a game the night before and getting right. ready for a game on Saturday, but whatever. I went to the match the game before to do my my uh, my scouting duties. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it was five minutes from my house being in, in at Manitaka High School, and, you know, it's a lot easier for me to roll over there than it is to get down to wherever the heck Prairie Seeds is to watch <laughs> them play. But, um, yeah, they, they – I don't know what they were thinking. They did the same thing in that game where they started um, – uh, Ibrahim Tiore in goal and that for the first half, and then yeah. Teske came in, in the second half, which I thought was 
resting him to play the full 90 against us, but then they did the same thing. And then I also, um, Kareem did get hurt in the game, picked up a knock. So I think it was precautionary to see, like, can we can we see it out with him as long as we can until he comes in. But by and large, everybody else that was on their on their roster that played in that game featured for at least 45 to, to 60 minutes. Oh, wow. If not a full 90 the day before. So I really don't know what they were thinking going into that. I think maybe a little less thinking than should have probably happened. Why wouldn't you start Teske? It's not like... No offense. It's injured, not like yeah. It's not like being a keeper, a right? It's not like being a keeper is a real drain on your stamina. You know, you'll you'll make a couple physical plays here and there, but what what's the deal? And why do it know. two nights in a row? I don't know. I, I I see it the first night because you know you want to you want to get a keeper fresh and seeing and getting minutes. But in this game, uh, I mean, I thought um, you know Ibrahim did make a couple good saves. Tim Wills had a point. We'll get into it in more detail, but there was a point blank header by Tim Wills and he made a good reaction save oh, yeah. on. Um, and, you know, but he has his deficits that I think are strengths for Sean Teske. So I don't know why you would even entertain that idea. So but anyways, strange. it's not us, it's them. Strange. Yeah. Um, the cream thing was... Makes made more I, sense. I saw that possibly happening when he went down with an injury and came out early of, out of that game. So we came out attacking, and within the first few minutes, Will Kidd does some work, uh, making a diagonal run. He's brought down in the box for the and second time. For the second second time, the game in that game already, yeah. and this was what five minutes in. Yep. Uh, Martin Brown Jr. steps up to the spot, and just like that, we are up one nothing in the seventh minute. So something I've noticed this year, John, is that when he's not scoring goals, Will Kidd is creating chances either with his play, with his passing, with his positioning. It's really great to see him develop like that uh, into a multi-dimensional player that's really helping sure. the team move forward. Sure, uh, it really is, and I, I kind of basically just equate it to like he he is constantly making a positive impact somehow. Mm -hmm. Whether it's picking up those fouls that slow the game down when we need it to, or the fouls that are closer to dangerous positions, he's setting guys up, he's scoring goals, he's playing defense, he's really doing it all. But we'll hear from him in a little bit. Uh, but this year we have a whole new Will kid, and I love it. I really do. In the past, he was kind of the you know, in his comfort zone, being a, like a role player in that hustle type position, uh, where he was getting getting some goals, you know, off of effort. Yeah. But now um, we look at it, and he is a fiery contributor, and he's leading by example on the field, and is and he's a very focal part of our um, our attack. Um, but in this match, it was the same story on a different day for him. He took players on. He was able to draw fouls in key areas outside of the incident uh, that led to the Donnie Brook, which we'll also talk about. And Brooke. that was kind of like 20% his fault. Um, if you're out of 100, mm -hmm. that is not out of 20. Um, so it was 20% fault, uh, his fault, which, you know, like I said, we'll get into later. But outside of that, just Will Kid punching the clock. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Keep that in mind, young players listening. That, uh, you know, the effort that you make off the ball, the effort that you make into your play and, and the thought that you're putting into your play is just as important as being able to score goals and make those passes. Uh, it really makes you a, a full team player. So that's first half really kind of played out unevent uneventfully. Both teams created a few chances that, um, that they couldn't capitalize on. I, I will say, John, that Matt and Trey were exactly what this team uh, needed. In this Max and Trey, Max and Trey, and is that what I said? You said Matt. Oh, well, Max and Trey, and Ex Matt. exactly what this team needed to keep uh, Chase right off the score sheet. He was something we were really worried about. 
um, moving into this game. Mm-hmm. But they were really denying those balls that were going into the box that he was looking to find at the end of his runs. Um, take, and, and really, scoring chances were completely taken away in that first half For sure. by that duo. Um, what, what, what do you think about those guys? Well, I think the partnership is, is completely... The, the cement has set on those guys being our, our go-to partnership. Last year, we kind of had a, a revolving door a little bit of like four and a half center backs kind of coming in and out. True. And this year we have, you know, with injury, we don't have, we didn't have Miles Norville for a stretch, but we, we had three of them. And I think that they all offer a different partnership together and they're all good together. But this one is the one that we can kind of hitch our wagon to. They're, they're hard to beat when the ball's on the pitch and they're hard to beat in the air. Like, yeah. They're big dudes. Ne- like, next to impossible to beat when you're whipping in crosses. And and we've gone against some prolific strikers that are good in the air and that are big, and they've been equal to it every time. Repetto. Repetto. Mm-hmm. Jay Johnson's big. Yep. We haven't faced Farrar, but he's not, he kind of shies away from contact in the air. He's more on the on the ground type player. Yeah. Um, you look at, <clears throat> you know, even some of the other guys we face on other teams don't have the, the pedigree by name of those guys. They still fought. That's still their game. Yeah, it's still their game. Yeah. So the second half gets a little bit crazier than the – Fairly uneventful for first half. So Twin Stars in general had been playing a little bit physically in that first half, especially near the end. But hard fouls and a reckless style really took over in that final 45 Mm -hmm. as they struggled to find that offensive rhythm due to the amazing play of our back line denying and uh, and applying pressure. After, what, a 20-minute lightning delay? It was uh, 30 a 30 minute, yeah. 30 full minutes standing around, uh, which was of course worrisome. I just realized when we were talking that <laughs> <laughs> during this during this delay, because you saw lightning, all the fans are just standing on the metal bleachers, like, "Wow, this is this is sucky." Yeah, people are just chit chatting on direct <laughs> metal. <laughs> like, Zero shelter provided, and nobody yeah, putting any thought into like to our go. safety, right? When like the refs are like, "Go to your cars," I'm like, "Okay, then how do we know?" Then what? Yeah, then what? So, <laughs> What if I didn't drive here? Yeah. So after that, two incidents really stick out in my mind that um, kind of personify how Twin Stars were playing in that second half. First of all was the hard foul and then the shove on the ground on Will Kidd that went totally uncalled. And the second one is the, is the chest bump, in quotes, and but more the verbal abuse that the ref got after issuing a yellow. Uh, I'm going to start with the first one. So was letting this scuffle... Uh, on the ground, this 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 hard fall on Will Kidd and then this ensuing shove was letting that get by without issuing a card. What really led to the continued physicality throughout throughout the remainder of the half, or had that ship already sailed? Like, were we were we already in for it? Well, the first one was an interesting one, where it was really just good aggressive play as two players battling for the ball initially, but for some reason, Chroma um, he just took exception to what must have been something that had earlier set him off. And his challenge was just dangerous, and as a result, caused all of it. Caused yeah. the pushing and shoving that could have also gotten even further out of hand um, than it did. But I, I felt um, to keep the cool, the referee core did a really good job. However, it, it's interesting to me that no cards are given. A double yellow seems like pretty standard in a situation like that, where you pull both players aside and you give them each a caution because they they incited everything. Yep. Whether or not, like I mentioned, will seem to be like twenty percent at fault for that, and the other guy tackling him from like literally like pulling him down from behind, football and, form tackling him yeah. from behind, um, seemed to be the, the clear aggressor there. But you know, um, 
we just kind of uh, we, we stayed out of it, which was good there. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy to see that. But um, to really keep the water from boiling over, especially with that ruckus taking place on the sideline in front of some very angry Twin Stars <laughs> fans, it was it was well done on the referee side. But I think it's interesting that. Um, like I said, your typical play there from a referee standpoint is double yellow. But yeah, um, you, so you did mention that something may have been setting this guy off earlier, and I think that as the game went on, you could tell that 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 water their water was reaching a boil. You yeah. know, as they were getting frustrated, Whenever we got the ball. It seemed like yeah, yeah, things were things were amped up a little bit, and they were getting frustrated due to their lack of chances, due to, due to us shutting down what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot headedness was. Was was building and building and building. I think there were a number of times that we were we were able to deal with that with humor. I think the yeah. the Max the Max Stewart like little <laughs> jig he danced uh, in order to in order to deny a quick restart after a, after a foul at midfield is is one option that we were we were doing it a little more lightheartedly and yeah. able to able to kind of keep our heads. You and, can do that when you're up one. You're you're up a goal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that was that was just an extra little dagger in their side that we were not only fucking with them but we were doing it in kind of a a less serious way yeah uh with less malice exactly exactly so the second one though nate um that incident was much more interesting to me the foul was called and it wasn't one that really shook me as even close to borderline it was a clear foul uh, on a counterattack on whitney brown but it was the aggression that the twin star player had in his reaction that is likely to your point uh, where the the SS composure had left the dock, <laughs> um, <laughs> well before that play even happened, and the fireworks were not between both teams. It was the reaction of the Twin Stars player, who, in all accounts, from being where I was sitting on the bench, he looked to have chest bumped the official, and and with that said, um, some rather naughty words were directed in the face of the official. Um, he did receive a booking, which was warranted, um, but. Touching an official is something you just don't do, whether it's with intent or on accident. Like in that instance, you get the card. It's you're not you're 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 amped up because you you disagree. Yep. But it's not it's they're not going to take the yellow card back. No. So, so why even like continue there? Like take your yellow card and just get back. And just move on. We saw that with um what with Gigi Buffon when they awarded that penalty and yeah. he ran right up to the ref. Yeah. And touched and touched him, and it wasn't like he was trying to shove him over or anything, but it was just you you're just fired up. Close. You get too close, you bump him. Oh, sorry, there you go. Right, exactly. So, um, like I said, he did receive the booking; it was warranted. But just never get that close to a ref. My issue comes with how players, really around the globe, are are being policed against lashing out verbally and with gestures and and you know proximity to the referees when calls like that happen so this to me seems like it was a textbook definition of that and not necessarily uh necessarily considering um you know it was minutes after the first issue like literally minutes after it so it was like total lack of composure really textbook definition of it yeah it really was so um so yeah so we again came out of that with we just sit around the ball and let all that stuff happen and waited for the ref to pull the whistle to the free kick. So good, good composure on our, on our, our player side. Absolutely. To let that one go. And we were able to still maintain composure after, um, it sounds like Aaron Olson got bit. Like there's a picture of it that's made that the caption is 
this is right before, right after he was bit. Yeah. And you can see him like on the ground looking at the ref, like, what the? Like, so, but did, when did that happen? Did it happen? I don't know, man. All I have to say is that who bites? <laughs> who bites people outside of my toddler when he gets frustrated and can't express his emotions? I mean, as an adult, if it's your default in a sporting game to bite someone, you need to go get your head checked. <laughs> Fair enough, man. So Twin Stars finish this game out uh, with a red card, and once they're down to 10 men, they just couldn't find their equalizer no matter how hard they tried. And this, They ended the game with four yellow cards and a red, which is pretty wild. I don't think I've seen a game... Accumulate that, accumulate that number of... Not, like, uh, not in our three seasons. Mm-hmm. We, have, we haven't been involved in a game like that. No, I mean, we've gotten a couple straight reds before, but uh, th- those, were kind of the, those were kind of the limit, right? Maybe the first game against Duluth last year... There might have been... There might have been equal number of cards, maybe even more, yeah. to be honest. Because we, ha- we, we got the red and we saw yellow a few times, so maybe. But maybe. this one seemed to be like that one-sided where all the cards came from one other team. We haven't come across that yet. Yeah. Uh... So last week, John, you said the keys to victory were threefold. Keep an organized defense, pin back those wingers uh, that were going to be kind of wing backs, really, but those wingers that were going to overload us on the side, mm-hmm. and control the middle. They mixed it up on you because they moved Chase from one of the wingers to striker position, and they didn't start Kareem, who we needed to control through the middle. So that might have made the job easier, but how did we do? We did well, Nate. You know, even though they threw that knuckler at us uh, by not starting some players. I felt that the scoreline shows that we clearly kept things organized and tidy in the back, but we were really able to limit their chances to kind of half chances and mostly from distance. So they weren't getting anything that was too close on net, which is how they score a lot of their goals outside of a lot of breakaway goals they've scored so far this season. So we didn't necessarily pin back the wingers, like you said, but what we did was we kept them out wide and and it was to not allow them to do damage coming in from the outside to find their shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a testament to you know our central pairing of um, in central midfield of Max and Steve staying connected to the back line when we lost the ball they were able to shift over and eliminate a 2v1 that would have happened if they didn't quickly get over there right um, ver- uh, 2v1 twin stars versus one of our outside defenders so we, we we made it a 2v2 situation and then what that does is it forces them in particular in those um, those specific areas to either have an spectacular individual effort or to recycle and go backwards, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine for us. So I I think that, you know, as a result, most times than not, we had a numbers advantage when, when we, when they got the ball. No, did we, we'd already kind of practiced that when we planned for VSLT because it's that same overloading on the wings that we had seen them try at Med City who plays the same formation. You know, we had seen people try that on us again and again, Mm -hmm. and we figured out a way to shut that down. So that was, Lucky for us that they weighed, that they delayed the game a month and yeah. let us get that research done. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah. I so, guess. John, man of the match here for you? So, I think it goes to AO, Aaron Olsen. He played lockdown defense and allegedly got bit, within, which in my book gives him the honor. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. a little, little bit of a Purple Heart yeah, awarded to yeah. him. So, But outside of him, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree with Aaron. I think, especially in this game, he's the kind of guy that when faced with this sort of game the way that the way that it unfolded and the way that they treated our players he's the he's the first guy i would have expected to get a yellow to come up yelling to come up in the in the ref's face to be mm-hmm. very vocal and and yeah, lose his head armband, sometimes you you gotta be different he he was on the receiving end of like a double-footed challenge that knocked him knocked him out you know yeah. off the back line things like that that he was still able to keep calm keep professional 
So I'll give him kudos to that. I think otherwise I would say player of the game here is Max, yeah. Max Stewart, yep. because like you said, he's able to control, uh, the game. control the game, link up where we needed him to link up, shift over when we needed him to shift over. Yep. And he was able to keep that um, light lighthearted approach to what could have turned into a really ugly game for us. Yep, totally agree. So quick turnaround to Saturday to Osseo, where we welcomed Sioux Falls to the to the hollowed grounds of James D. Hansen Stadium. The Jimmy D. The Jimmy D. We broke la- or we talked last week about how this Minneapolis City team is a very different team than the one that traveled to yes. Sioux Falls in May, not only roster wise, but the brotherhood is strong, right? It and it showed on Saturday to the tune of a six to one victory, which is I think our biggest margin. And, on the season. And Nate, it set us in position to be the highest scoring team in the country. In the country, right. So who scored all these goals? Well, the starting lineup for us, James Nair in net, AO wide with Trey and Max uh, in the middle. So pretty pretty standard three guys behind. And then Nick Hines slots in on the, on the left back side, which is great. Aiden O'Driscoll gets the call. Uh, from the U23 yeah, team. U. Yeah, he was looking really good, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, alongside Max Stegert with Martin uh, in the attacking midfielder role where he is now customary. Uh, and then our attackers were Will and Siku on the wings, and we had Whitney as the striker. The bench, another U23 heavy bench, which we, which I, I think I would have expected, knowing that Sioux Falls is kind of a down game for us. We want to rest our, our, our key players. Troy, uh, Troy Lewagie, who ends up getting the call up from U23, Lionel Vang, U23 call-up, Juan Luis, Steve, Tim Wills, and Nick Hutton all on the bench. So Sioux Falls basically spots us four goals in the first half by starting their 50-year-old goalkeeper coach in net. <laughs> Why would they do that? This is the, We've both seen Sioux Falls play a number of times this season. And they started the second-half goalie in both those games, and he played... Better. Played much better. Yeah. He's, just, he's smaller. I don't know if they thought maybe there was an advantage there, but I thought Nordo had it best when he said uh, he's like he looked like Brad Guzan's older brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes no... You remember when we played Croatians in the first uh, our first season? And he had... Uh, Anti-cop. Anti-cop, yep. <laughs> who actually is a decent keeper, yeah. and he was able to make a couple nice stops. This guy had no hope. No, didn't hang on to anything. No flexibility. Couldn't get down for shots. On the yeah. penalty, I don't even dove. Why would you do that? Yeah, anyways. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. So, so Will starts the scoring. Uh, Whitney has a brace. Martin gets another one from the penalty spot. Juan, and then Juan Luis and Nick Hutton close it out. If you love seeing goals, I think you've got to keep your eye open. Uh, keep your eye on our Minneapolis City YouTube channel. For this game to be posted. Or because first of all, Or just come to a game. But first of all, it's in high... Yeah, right? Because this is what one of... I think there are only two games we haven't scored five goals so far yeah. this season, yeah. or something insane like that. And like one of them was a three-goal game. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'll see you'll see some goals if you come to see Minneapolis City games. Um, but otherwise, keep your eye on YouTube for it to be posted. I want to focus on two things from our offense rather than go play by play in a game that was a blowout from the beginning. Um, Siku gets the start. Siku Kroma gets the start on I think the right side, and he can be. We've seen he can be shaky when it's time to shoot. There were a couple even missed miss chances he had against Eris that he probably should have buried. One real fluke long shot that he was able to to turn on and put in, put in net. But his service on Saturday, John, was undeniable. He took the ball right off the foot of a Sioux Falls defender. Perfect pass to Whitney a couple times for, for assists. 
How do you feel about how this guy fits in the team dynamic this year? Because he's been kind of a mysterious character. Is, this, is <laughs> he starting? To, yeah, is he starting to gel a little better with everyone? Yeah, I mean, he is. Like we talked about it uh, against Eric when we did the Eris recap. He's very much so a momentum type player. So he's got to have like that killer pass that connects on a goal, gets to score himself, or you know, to get into the rhythm, and mm-hmm. then it's all positive from there. As opposed to when he comes in and then you know he's fouled a couple times, or he's got to play, he's got to kill a game out by playing defense, which isn't his strong suit. Right. You know, it's like we've just kind of thrown him into different scenarios. But this is the kind of game that's tailor made for him to to link up with people and and to, to try to get on the score sheet, which he he. Probably should have, but overall, I thought he played well. And, and you know, he's only 19, which is a shocker. Yeah. So he's going to get better. And cool. this is his first year with us. He's got his toe in the water, and it's only really up from here. So Whitney, who hooked up with Siku for, or Siku hooked up with him, I guess, for a, a, a sweet goal. Whitney's really feeling it. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, that move he gave to score his second goal was super cheeky. Just where he put just put the goalie on or like the defender on ice. <laughs> yeah, that guy just scooted right past him as Whitney cut left, um, and then Brad Guzan's older brother had no chance to get down for that ball. <laughs> Confidence in general and uh, for Whitney is at one hundred and ten percent. Like I said, Will does a lot, including score. Nick Hutton's working hard on both sides of the ball, coming back on defense for in a, in a place that you wouldn't see other um, past wingers do. Yeah. Tim does Tim things. We've scored the most goals in the NPSL this season right now. Yep. We're at, what, 30 goals scored, which puts us at number one yep. above El Farolito, who has finished their season. I think they've finished their season. Uh, so maybe this is a dumb question, but our offense is clicking in a whole new way this year. What has changed? I don't know if it's drastic change. I think it's more that we are... We have a style of play, and we're we're not changing it wholesale. To like we, we last year, we had kind of guys rotating in and out, trying to find the right combination. We never found it. Mm-hmm. This year, our style of play is the combination, and and our players with having consistent trainings and and playing in it, and having the U twenty threes to go up against to practice it. Yeah. So you're not getting the game time and trying to practice things, and or, or to put them, you know, put what you practice into into play. You're you're getting it at training. I think it's it's a mixture of just varying up where we attack from. Like sometimes it comes through the middle, sometimes it comes from the wing, sometimes it comes from link up play through the center midfield, sometimes it comes from a, a diagonal direct long ball, sometimes it comes from an individual yeah. effort. You know, it's like it's we're not we're not as one dimensional as we were. And it's another year of a lot of these guys playing together. That's true. And, you know, a lot of the link-up play you see on, like, Hutton goals are coming from Tim, and they play on segments together. Mm-hmm. Or a, the link-up play is coming from Will Kidd to Whitney, who now they're in two years playing, and, and Whitney's uninjured and, and, like you said, confidence 110%. Or you're seeing, you know, Steve link up with a, a, a line-clearing pass to Martin, who then sparks the attack to Whitney, you know. Yep. It, so it's it, I think it's just... That consistency of the roster, and then adding in the the pieces that we didn't have, like that that hustle that that Nick Hutton has, that that forever engine, because we only had it in Will, and now you have it on both sides. So how do you stop it? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just varying up how we we come at at teams. That makes that makes a ton of sense because when you think about how teams could game plan for us, last year it was. Stop goose. Stop well, stop goose, but also gum up the middle. Yep. And the build up, the Minneapolis City build up play. That their coach that is coached into them isn't gonna isn't gonna be able to work. 
and we have no way to move the ball well, forward. Well, when teams pinned us back, so our mistakes were happening in... And we look at where we have mistakes. Our mistakes are made with the final ball and not the build-up play. Yep, the, the, the last pass to maybe link up with a striker or... Yeah. You know, making the turn and, and taking a, an errant shot. Right. Absolutely. Last year it was happening with our center backs having an errant pass or our outside backs not having an option and then trying to do too much. Where this year it's it's happening further up the field where we can then, you know, regroup and then and then defend. And even if they are able to stop us in, in the final third one way or the other as that build-up play moves forward, you know, you stop, you stop Martin from moving forward, you get the ball back, all of a sudden um, – Max Stegert picks a ball out, you know, 55 yards back and drops a dime to Nick Hutton. Yeah, because he knows he's going to make the run. Yep. Because there's familiarity now. And, like, it's just the style of play where we have where it's interesting. Like, we talked about this in my, my Stegman Sunday League game, actually, where, like, <laughs> we just don't have a style of play. You know, we don't mm-hmm. get the ball in the back and look for a center midfielder checking two. We look for a long ball. Where if we look... Number one, look for the guy checking too. If you don't have it, then go long mm-hmm. because we're skipping a level. And now this year we're not skipping the level and our midfielders aren't losing the ball to the degree that they were last year. Yeah, so, that's and true. So it's like look in the middle. If it's on, they can turn and then they can get it wide and then we attack. Where last year it was possess, 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 lose the ball, get countered on, give up a goal. Yep. So well, – I mean, I guess I guess wholesale changes. To be honest, answer your question. <laughs> Everything's different. Everything's different. Um, but we we're just we're just taking things to a different level this year. Speaking of a different level, I talked to Will Kidd after the vit- victory at Twin Stars, um, but I want to play it here because everything that we talked about during that quick interview is just as relevant after the Sioux Falls game, considering the body of work that he has put in throughout the week. All right, I'm here with Will Kidd. Will, your performance has been consistently stellar over the last few weeks. That comes, uh, that's been shown in a number of Players of the Week nominations as well as a few goals scored. Uh, the effort that you've put in week after week has really led to chances all season, whether chances for you or chances for playmakers or other players on the team. Um, no different tonight. Talk about kind of the increased effort and the way you've been able to find the goal and find other other uh, teammates to score. And just hard work, basically. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Just getting on the ball, running at guys, taking them on, drawing fouls. Just, just a key to my game. I try to do every game. Drawing fouls is an excellent, uh, excellent <laughs> transition to this next one. So physicality, noticeably a big part of your game this year. Uh, kind of a change from last year. <laughs> <laughs> what has changed? You've you've taken like a VSLT guy raked you in the face. Uh, I can see some scars in your on your arm and your body today. What's uh, what's different this year? Um, you know, I just decided it's time to be aggressive now. I decided to add aggression to my game. You know, try to play the mind game with some guys, talk some talk a little trash. You know, here and there. So yeah, just tried to add that to my game. All right. The game today looked super contentious from the sidelines. Uh, obviously, a number of questionable calls for and uh, for and not for us that maybe should have been calls. Any was it any better or worse on the field? Were you guys a little? Did it feel like they were they were going after you guys a little more? Or? Yeah, definitely towards the end. You know, yeah, <laughs> definitely towards the end. They, I mean, they're down one goal. They're trying doing everything they can. Down to, one goal, down one man. Yeah, down one man. They're trying everything they can. So yeah. I'm sure they're pretty frustrated. They're getting a little chippy. That's part of the game. So one thing I noticed tonight, uh, speaking of your development as a player, 
you were way more vocal, and you have been way more vocal over the last couple of weeks. I know you've been challenging a little bit. Um, I remember, like, against VSLT, a couple, couple hard fouls. You came up, John, at the ref. That's something we haven't seen over the last couple of years. Tonight, vocal, um, again, towards the refs, but also with players, you know, yelling at, yelling at the teammates, talking a little bit more about where you are and where you need the ball to be. Uh, is this kind of the new leadership role of Will Kidd, the three-year veteran of Minneapolis City? Yeah, you know, I've been trying to take up a leadership or try to add leadership into my game. Coming up on St. Thomas, uh, going to be a senior there, a leader there. It's I'm trying to develop that because, you know, I've been a quiet player most of my life, but now I'm trying to add that to my game, really uh, direct, the, direct the team, direct the guys, give them directions, and uh, try to lead. So with this win, top of the table, I think, yeah. as long as uh, the VSLT result holds. Yep. Are we staying there, man? Does this feel like the team that has the, moment, the momentum to uh, to stay number one and to move into the playoffs from the uh, NPSL North? I definitely feel good about this team this year. It's a, it's a great feeling. Uh, I feel like we're different ways. We're closing out games. I mean, it's just a different feeling this year. I feel like, yeah, we're, we're just going to keep it rolling. All right. Thanks, Will. Another, yeah. great, uh, another great shift tonight. We'll see you again on Saturday. All right, John, so this sounds like a guy ready to take his place as the key to the team. Um, we're happy for him. I think, like you said, moving forward, he uh, as, as he enters his senior year, he's going to be looked as a, to as a leader on this team and his, his team. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this season just preps him for that, and we'll see him bigger and better even next year. Yeah, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. He... He needs to take a leadership role because on St. Thomas, you're losing the Oliver Twins. You're losing Shea Bottom. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the next man up. Yep. So he has to break the mold of being the quiet role player, be the leader. And he's and he's testing it with us. Yeah, which is great. Great opportunity. Again, Minneapolis City providing amazing opportunities for the young players. Uh, final comments, John, on this game. Man of the match? I think Whitney Brown. Um, it, it was basically, I mean, at its core, a basic shift from everybody else. They just did their jobs. He scores two goals. That that does it for me. Yep. I, I, get I, bit. I agree. <laughs> I mean, in a game like this, there's just so much production from everyone. Um, it, I think we just have to focus on guy scored a lot, made some great runs, helped the team out. Way to go, Whitney. So, after this victory, we are sitting top of the table with 23 points. That is four points. Very unfamiliar to us. Yes, weird. Four points ahead of VSLT. And dare I say it, we are in the playoff picture. It's starting to come into focus. Uh, moving down from us, number one, record of seven wins, zero losses, undefeated, and two draws at 23 points. We've got VSLT behind us. Six wins, um, two losses, and I guess that, that's weird. Two, six wins, two losses, and a, uh, and a draw at 19 points. Duluth in third place, four wins. One loss, four draws with 16 points. Twin Stars in fourth place, four, three, and two with 14 points. They're pretty much it. Um, they're the only ones that could potentially catch us, yeah. even if we even if we just tank the rest of the season, except for the Aris game. Right. The interesting thing was, um, follow on Twitter, which most of you who listen do, the Bavarians are like, it's about time. They were sitting on top of the table, and I was like, well, you do have, like, you did start in, in uh, 1929 and have 80-some years of experience winning ahead of us. Yeah, so. man. <laughs> we're trying. It took a couple years. We're building it. We're building it's it. It's year three, but it's very unfamiliar to us, Nate, to 
uh, for a couple different reasons. We we always knew that we were we had a stingy backline mm-hmm. going into even last year. What did we get seven goals last year? Yeah, and we've been up nine. It's fine. It's fine. But we're seeing that there's a lot more goals scored this year. Um, in, in general, in the in whole general league. in the whole league. Mm-hmm. But then with us being the number one scoring team in the country, never would I ever have thought of that. I thought we'd have more one nothing wins, two to one wins. Yes. But we're having these this plethora of. Five one six one wins where you'd like to have shutouts in those those games because the best teams in in the country do yes but never would I have thought undefeated over halfway point and uh, and leading the country in scoring what does that say <laughs> something about the 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 lack of parity that are that the NPSL North is starting to experience. Where um, Sioux Falls and Eris are dropping to the bottom of the pack, uh, you know. I, I guess we got lucky dropping five on VSLT, which nobody else has done. No one so that that, was that adds to that total. Um, but in general, I feel like we are experiencing the same thing that maybe ex- the Erie Commodores are experiencing or Ann Arbor is experiencing, where there are two to three teams that are the cream of the crop in their yeah. division, and then there's a bunch of doormats. I think the way you put it. It's it's the two teams filtering down to the bottom, mm-hmm. but it's also that the teams in the top half, like the I mentioned it before, like the game planning for those teams, like knowing what to expect. There was some turnover in coaching, but it, the turnover in coaching to me doesn't seem like the the teams from the top half last year. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a preparedness in like game planning for other teams. Yeah, and we see we saw that in in some of our results when we go against these teams, um, you know, for the first time. Now we go against them for the second time outside of seeing Sioux Falls the second time, and we figured them out. Uh, Med City fi- figured them out. They yep. didn't change. And now we're going into the, the the bottom half of the season where are these teams going to try to figure themselves out? They might not be built for that kind of flexibility. Yeah, where we are mm-hmm. with our U23s, with our deep roster. You know, you know, think about the fact we get we got Tommy Katsianis in yesterday. And he he adds a dimension to our our midfield that we maybe didn't have. So they can't game plan for him to come in because yep. they haven't seen him yet. True. Haha. <laughs> so with only five games left in the season, John, you did the math. We can go one one win, two draws, and two losses, and still keep second place. And that's if, if and everybody wins out. Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll still make the playoffs. So as long as one of those draws is against VSLT or Duluth, yeah. we're in good shape. Um, Duluth, moving forward, has the most favorable remaining schedule. They've got games left against Aris and Sioux Falls. In both cases, Duluth and VSLT. Med City can play spoiler. I think they should have... They should feel like they've got something to prove this year. Yeah. Uh, especially last year, they did so well and fell off. This year, they've kind of maintained a flat level of yeah, productivity. They want like beat Twin Stars 3-1. to one. Right. Like, so it's, it's like, like... Come on, guys. Like They need some consistency. Yeah. They can totally play spoiler. If they steal some points, that would totally help our cause. Mm-hmm. Is this the point in the season, John, where you see Duluth turning it on and VSLT falling off? Uh, I mean, maybe from a Duluth standpoint, it's still yet to be seen that they can turn those draws into victories. Yeah. Um, but VSLT has yet to prove to me that they can withstand a second half of the season. Yeah. My gut also says yes. VSLT can shut me up with with a good with good showings this week. They have a game Wednesday, a game Saturday against Dakota and Med City, respectively. Um, moving forward, John, how are you feeling 
about these last five weeks? Um, peeing a little bit. Yeah. Peeing with <laughs> excitement? or yeah. Equal parts excitement, equal parts like hold it together, guys. Mm-hmm. Some nervousness. Yeah, there's some nervousness in there. It's it just – I'm ex- I'm expecting for the worst, but I'm planning for the best. Yeah, I think there's a lot more room for error than we had last year. At this point last year, we knew we were deep back in the table we and that everything needed to go perfectly for us. And it almost did. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that um, we haven't relied on other people doing our work for us. So I think that if we can get a little bit of that as we get into the bottom half of the season, we're in a good spot. We've positioned ourselves in a good spot with the first half, which was our goal. Yeah. Like get through the first half in a positive position, you know, maybe second, third place as opposed to last year, fifth, sixth place, having to fight for, you know, for for wins here and there and hoping other people help us. Um, we're set up better this year to withstand a little bit of a storm, which it just hasn't come yet. Mm-hmm. So barring disaster, we're looking pretty good on the rest of, for the rest of the season, and I'm excited to uh, excited to see how it how it plays out. Yep, so am I. After Thursday's super contentious game, we play the Twin Stars again on Wednesday. We welcome them to James D. Hansen Stadium Jimmy. for the for the return fixture. What can we expect from them? Are they going to regroup and compose themselves, do you think? Or is this going to be a matter of we're going to get more of the same? All I know, Nate, is we are worried about what we can control and our focus is just on how we play the game. <clears throat> Not worried about what they do or what they, they can do. It is at, it, you know, it's at our place where we don't have to worry about all the other stuff that historically has happened and been an issue when we don't play at our place. But I fully expect them to, to be physical, but hope, again, it's not dirty. It's just hard, hard soccer and not dirty soccer. And that they, they'll likely toss at us the same 3-5-2 formation. Um, and at this point, I have no clue from a personnel standpoint on who they'll roll out because it can change with a gust of wind. Yeah. So not let's just control what we can. So again, similar to how we dealt with last week, knowing that we have Eris, we're traveling to lacrosse on Saturday. Are we going to just put everything we have into this game and, and make a statement? Like it's we need we're going to get the three points out of this. We're going to separate ourselves from the pack, and Saturday we can almost take the night off. Okay, so I think to answer your question, simply we just treat it like any other game, and this naturally, Nate, rolls right into my old granddad, Keys to Victory. Yes! (laughs) So, my Keys to Victory for our game against the Twin Stars is control the pace of play. So what we have to really do is... We have to get control of the midfield, and and I anticipate that, that there will be a Darbaki in there mm-hmm. uh, because unless he's seriously injured and can't go, he'll be there at some point. Um, but we really need to make sure that we're organized in the middle like we were the last time, and that we're, there's a connectivity between our back line and then our forward line, so that they're really going box to box. So what happened the last time we played them was our our center pairing of Max and, and Steve they were able to stay organized and then help out on the defensive end on the wings. But then we had the ball collect back into the middle and then try to spark our attack. So we have to keep that, that balance of play and control in the middle and, and not let them turn, let them go backwards as much as they want, but not let them turn because when they do turn, they do a really good job of, of driving with the ball at, at us. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a center back, it's their six, it's their 10, their eight, whatever it is, whoever has the ball in the middle, even a winger, they're looking to get forward and go with speed, and we have to just gum that up and, and, and then control it when we have it. The other one is score early, and we've said that multiple times. If we can get an early one on them, especially at home, 
and we stay composed and we keep we my first point we control the pace of play then maybe one becomes two two becomes three and then the game we see the game out the last thing is stay safe we saw how reckless some of the challenges were in the last game we saw how composed we were let's continue that process yeah and, and not get out of here with anything drastic i thought like in the last game the red card the challenge on josh de la rosa the straight red card yeah. it was bad it was it was it was dangerous and it could have hurt him really bad and I think that, like the referees need to continue their their form in policing and making sure that the, the dangerous points like that don't continue to happen. And that's getting control of it early. And I think that they will. Um, so it's that'll help us stay a little bit safe. But you know, don't play with the ball. Pass it. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. Make mm-hmm. your runs. Um, and and don't position yourself in a in a in a spot on the field and then through the run of play where you can get that wild challenge coming that you can't expect by holding out of the ball too long. So I, I agree with you. I think we got to keep our heads. Don't let them goad us into dumb mistakes. Yep. Um, don't let them goad us into making, committing fouls in bad positions and some unnecessary cards. I think if we can, if we can stay composed and stay organized, we shouldn't expect more of the same. So city versus twin stars happens at 8 PM tomorrow, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, June 20th, late start time for us. And that's because we can afford to start late because we have lights in our stadium, John. We do, yes. Yeah, and locker rooms. Osseo Senior High School lights. is the place. The <laughs> locker rooms have, with lights. Yeah. There's electricity yeah. in the area. <laughs> and not lighting electricity. <laughs> you can find tickets online at mplscitysc.com. And then after that, we're going to pack up and head to lacrosse on Saturday for what amounts to to a good opportunity to rest our key players and get ready for a really tough homestand that we have coming up to close out the month, which is VSLC a week from tomorrow and Duluth a week from Saturday. Keys for victory at lacrosse? Do I, I mean, should we even ask? Should we talk about this? Yeah, well, our, our old granddad keys the victory on Saturday is uh, the first one, don't get sleepy. So mm-hmm. you have the long drive. They can kind of tire you out, even if you're not driving. Um, but what I mean is... We've, we've been afforded when we play against lacrosse to have the lion's share of possession of the ball. True. And we saw ourselves get a little bit lazy with passing because it's almost like, oh, well, I can try this thing that's a little bit harder to do because I have all this space. And then we start seeing balls go out of bounds and where, and where if we just played simple and, and were alert yeah. and making runs with purpose uh, and not lazy, sleepy runs – that we maybe start hanging more goals up on, on the on, on the cross. So don't yeah. get sleepy. The second one is kind of the the counter to that is rack up the goals. Yeah, it felt weird to only score five against them. Right. So let's just rack up those goals. Let's just light up that score sheet and and let's try to keep the clean sheet on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one is it, it kind of naturally kind of works into that one is vary the attack. So. Now is your chance to – I said to kind of keep it simple and don't get sleepy. But you can vary your attack and try some new things that we can work on against teams that have more dynamic defenses. Yeah, it's not It's not a matter of like, ah, I got all the space in the world. Let's just try to loft one up. It's like you have to do it purposefully with, right. with, uh, with the intent that you execute it correctly. But still, like you're underloaded a little bit. You've got a little less pressure on you. Yeah. You're in a little easier um, – a little bit of an easier game, a little little less worry about making a mistake, yep. you know, and being punished for that mistake. So try something, but execute to the best of your ability and see if it works. Mm-hmm. Be calculated. Yes, very good. Yep. So City will be visiting Lacrosse to play Eris. The game is 6 p.m. 
Saturday, June 23rd, according to the NPSL website. If you want to make that trip down, it's a real nice drive. Uh, it's at Viterbo or Viterbo Soccer Field. Um, so yeah, take a nice drive down the river, won't you? And see a whole lot of goals in a very intimate setting. It's a real nice field and there's a real nice backdrop. Yeah. I, I really like it down there in La Crosse. So hopefully we'll see some some city fans make the trip. I did quite a few good trips to the cross back in my day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, there's a brewery nearby. There is, yeah. So get hopped up, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of the NPSL action, Nate, uh, our young boys have been playing. So maybe a little rookery roundup here. Let's do it. So our young boys are now two feet into their summer game schedule as they played two games since uh, we last spoke. The first being a 3-0 win versus Stegman's SC, which is definitely close to our clubhouse. Um, and it was a welcome change from their first match versus FC Varia, where they saw the scoreline nodded at 1-1, missing buckets full of chances. Well, the boys went to work at training and fixed that issue, where we saw young striker Niels Gilbronson score a brace. That's two goals if you're not following along. Um, and setting up the third goal, uh, which was uh, a goal scored by Ben Keller of Luther College. The run of play was really the same, where chances were created at a, at a consistent level, then the defense was locked down. But it was all anchored by a shutout by our first-time rooker, goalkeeper Quinn Kiernett out of Bates College, recording the first-ever clean sheet for the U23s. As things were just starting to come together, Nate, the rookery turned around with that momentum, and we warmed up, or that we warmed up with um, against our NPSL team, or were warmed up. <laughs> wow. Okay, let me start that over. Um, they turned that momentum around and warmed up the fans for our NPSL team on Saturday in the first doubleheader in club history, taking on the re- rebound match against FC Varia. Um, the Basically, figuring out those issues, Coach Matt and the staff, uh, Ryan, Coach Ryan Nichols, did a great job of preparing the team, and it totally paid off. Chances were once again plentiful, but the difference this time was that it was uh, the, the, the run of play came from different spots on the field. Uh, young striker, again, Neil Gilbrunson, kept up his forward <laughs> pace with another goal um, as he was joined t- to the party by Columbia University winger Avi Eller and UW Parkside's Swiss Army Knife. Vic Vera closing out the score sheet. And then on the on the back half, Drake goalkeeper Luke Anderson and St. Thomas's own Troy Luegi, who we've mentioned before with mm-hmm. the NPSL team, uh, were credited for the joint shutout. And the boys were playing some real damn good soccer, Nate, as they prepared to travel to face the Nebraska Bug Eaters in a highly anticipated matchup uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, the Bug Eaters, man, they've been doing pretty, pretty good this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to that guy earlier in the year, and he seems to have put together – a decent team for his for his level. So hopefully our guys can can hold their own. One quick question about uh, about Troy. Then he stuck around, and then he was able to come on shortly thereafter uh, for the late game uh, for the NPSL side. I heard. So do you feel like he'll be competing for the starting job at St. Thomas, uh, or? What, well, they're, they're, they still have Aiden Hogan coming back, who's currently in um, in Washington D.C. playing with under twenty threes for D.C. United. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. So probably not. And that's his senior year. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe um, it'll maybe be a gap year for Troy before he can really get a chance to 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 compete for the starting spot. However, you never know what happens. That's so true. Um, hopefully, he's going to take what he's he's learned with us this year and and move that momentum into. 
what's going to happen with him um, and his college season. But he's doing the ever important facing shots and game settings with us. So fair enough. So overall, great matches by the young boys, and good to see them quickly identify and fix some of the things that they um, that they found were not successful and uh, sharpened up and and kept their undefeated regular season record um, going two wins and a tie. Outside oh, of that, uh, the, the uh, their tune-up game against Minnesota United. <laughs> so beyond the Nebraska game, you can find the rest of the U23 schedule on MPLSCitySC.com. Games coming up against Granite City and the Bavarians, which is awesome, yep, and uh, the Sporting St. Croix, TC Fire. So they're playing. They're going to be playing some pretty high-level teams, whether it's in the UPSL uh, or just high-level locally. Yep, kids that are. Also, U23 caliber yep, from very good. Fire and St. Croix. Yeah, we, can't, we can't have all of them. That's so, true. <laughs> That's so true. There's plenty more around. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so that is all for this week's show. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Uh, new summer and boundary water packs are pure fire. Pick one up and sample a perfectly paired mixture of multiple flavors in one spot. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. It is never too late to buy a membership for 2018. For only $65, you get a cool season pass to all city matches, including MPSL and U23 games, a classy new membership scarf, and of course, a vote so you can make you can have a say in the direction of local soccer. Go on over to MPLSCitySC.com and purchase one or five right now. If you give love giving back to the community, it is an important part of your life. Uh, and it's an important part of your life. Maybe it's time to go to the or to give to the club that loves to give back. Man, these clothes are Maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that has proven uh, to provide a safe, reliable, and fun environment for less fortunate young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us in the summer playing with kids in parks uh, and community centers, as well as uh, next weekend at Pride Fest. Um, and all other spots around the city, and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. <clears throat> Send us mail. It's easy. Hit us up on Twitter, at the People's Pitch or through email at mpmcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at mplscsc.com. That is all for this week, folks. Once again, we leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, a.k.a. Lays, with a new track for all of you. I am John. That is Nate. And you are the people. Come on out Wednesday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this, to Osceola High School to cheer on your crows. They take on Twin Stars in the rubber match. Um, or pile in the car and caravan to lacrosse. Uh, for Saturday's matchup and cross your fingers folks for another six point week you got got a lot of the ball lately yep. balling on them like, like a, a ball bearing uh-huh. solo local pulling hair crazy what? run the show like I ran errands run. soon start going ball maybe what? people stand whatever I'm wearing yep. wanna make you uh, a star baby chromosome yep. to the perfect parent she weigh more than all right Bad bitch in her genotype Damn right I'm tryna pipe Only ride if the settle's right So high that settle like Goosebumps from the linen Goosebumps cause she's sinning Baddie touch her head that's hidden Drop the tape like I'm finished I should live in Finland Cup 
couple homies speak Finnish. Pen a drug, penicillin. My pocket pissing this villain. My inner drive at the ceiling. Despicable how I'm feeling. Millions like minions. Rap star slash rap star. Built a team support not far. They bring the whole PR. If only a sliver in my health bar. Underdog the way I come back. Overcast make them run laps. In the club raining cats and dogs. Where the fuck the umbrella's at? Shooting magic bullets, no, I got the juice. Got a big head, need a wider noose. Can't feel my face, still it's kinda loose. Been the truth, not it approved. Not a chain look like glitter glue. Other chain got a darker hue. Take a cruise, tip the whole crew. Whole fridge from Whole Foods. I'm rock hard, stoned offline. First time that she rock climbed. Treat me like some rock candy. Now she wants a rock wine. Well worded with a slight slang. She the same cause her tongue rang. Throw shade when she sunbathed. 50 bands with my heart hands. Just some G's and G events She feel us chillin', we just venting Speaking French and hailing French She's trying to get the dream eventually Even if it takes a century I don't wanna be a Benji Decree to leave the gentry People starving, truckless Bentley money We agreed it and we pat down for the entry Each assembly, what? If they don't want us, then fuck it, they're lost Team on my back, I still carry the cross Buy what I like, care less about the cause Writing with diamonds, I'm like Robert Frost Life is a movie, the scene is just saw You at the dentist, I'll leave you in awe Tell you what it is, laid on the law Flicking you up while I'm rolling the raw